0: Man, that was fun. Uh, thanks for volunteering That you've given us an excuse to do that. Uh, listen, we're super happy that you're here today, uh, especially if you're a mom or if you have a mom, if you know a mom. Um, I know that today is a really fun day for a lot of people, right? Today that we're excited and we're celebrating our moms and motherhood and all the beauty of that. And I know that for some people it's also a really hard day. And so today you should know that if it's a happy day for you, we want to celebrate with you. And if it's a hard day for you, then we wanna be in prayer for you, that God would just comfort you and sustain you and encourage you through this day. Um, Quick announcement for you. A lot of you have been asking, like what's going on with the land? You might look around here right now and say it's a little crowded in here. Some of you are sitting closer to people than you want to. Some of you had to sit with people you don't really like and I'm just sorry not sorry, really. I mean, I'm happy. I'm glad the church is growing and more and more people are being reached and taught and helped in Jesus' name. So we're really excited about that. And you should know that the leadership of this church, your elders, we are aware of the crowd and we're aware of the parking stuff and we're aware of, you know, sometimes in the kids' rooms, we don't have room for all the kids. And so we just have to take a bunch of kids and tape them together and put them out in the backyard. But it's fine, they're fine, it's not even that cold or anything out there, so it's not that big a deal, but we're aware, we're aware that that is a less than perfect situation. We want to reach and teach and help as many people as we can, in Jesus' name, amen? Okay, so in order to make room for that, in order to allow that to happen, we're working very hard and we're proceeding with caution, okay? Okay? When you start talking about millions of dollars, right? it's important to proceed. We don't wanna just sit here and wait till it's too late, but we also wanna move forward with caution. And the last thing we wanna do is get ahead of God. And so we're being very mindful, we're being very thoughtful, and we're being very prayerful about the steps that we're taking um, towards possibly doing something with a new building. So um, FYI, so this little piece of property we talked about a while back. Remember I said it's, it's south of the body shop and a lot of people said, body shop? There's a body shop? And then I said it's south of the bar and everybody said, oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so just south of Max is down there on the other side of 281. Uh, there was a nine acre piece of property that we looked at and we really liked it. And as we looked at it, we started into our due diligence and we kind of realized it wasn't big enough. But what's really handy is right next door to it was another four acres. So what's happened right now is we're under contract for all of that, for it's almost 14 acres. Yeah, you can clap, but, but, but with... But it's gotta be like the golf clap, like wait, 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 or, or should we be doing this thing? right? So we're proceeding, but we're proceeding with caution. So now we have a due diligence period, which a lot of times might be 30 days, and we have up to like 120 days. So we're checking with the city, we're talking to the highway people, we're seeing what the tree ordinances are all about. We're finding out what drainage looks like on this property, is all of the property usable, all kinds of other stuff we're looking at. We're gonna proceed right but we're going to proceed with caution right we're going we're going to go as fast as god leads us to go but we're not going to get out ahead of god is that okay with you okay so that's our plan so if you if you get a chance when you're driving down there right after you leave the uh, past the bar Right after you pass the bar and you pass the body shop when you're going south into town, just take a minute and look over at that property and just pray. And here's the prayer. It's not, God, let it happen, right? No matter what. That's not our prayer, right? And it's not, God, don't let this happen. No matter, that's not our prayer. You know what our prayer is? God's will, right? God's will done in this church. It's his church. It's his church. So we want his will. Amen? Yes. Will you guys pray with me as we do that? Every time you go by there. And pray that some of those trees will die because we can't cut them down. Uh, so just pray. We've got to be prayerful, man. got to be prayerful. Okay, so um, let's, let's, okay, settle down. Let's pray For our moms, let's pray for our families. Uh, Let's pray for the future of this church and God's will to be done. And let's pray for his word as we open it up. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you Um, for moms. This is an amazing day for a lot of us. And so for those of us this is a happy day, we thank you for our mothers. We thank you for the chance that they have to be mothers and the amazing calling that it is on their life and the power and the strength and the wisdom that you give them. And we thank you, Lord, for our mothers that loved us and cared for us and taught us and modeled Jesus for us and all the amazing things that they did. For those of us that this is a happy day, Lord, we just thank you for the blessings of motherhood. And Lord, I also know that there's a lot of people that this is a really hard day for. And so for those, we just pray for your comfort for your supernatural peace, right? Because for some of us, it doesn't make sense to have peace on this day. So we need a peace that doesn't make sense. We need a supernatural peace. So will you give us your peace today? And Lord, as we're opening up your word today, we, 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 we want to hear, it's, it's not just your church. We, we're your people. We want your will in our lives. We wanna live like you want us to live. We wanna know the stuff you want us to know. We wanna do the things that you want us to do. So just open it up and just show us and teach us and change us as we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, What we've been learning I think the last couple of weeks is that if we are going to fulfill our purpose as human beings and if we're gonna honor God with the lives that we lead and if we're going to live the life that jesus said he came to give us we need to know our true identity because obviously it's going to be hard to live a purposeful god-honoring rich satisfying abundant life if we believe wrong things if we believe lies about who we are so for example if If we believe and accept that who we are, if we believe that who we are is ugly, right? That's who I am, that's who I am, I'm ugly. If we we believe that we're ugly, then how can we hope to live out the life that we were created for when God says that we are not ugly but we are in fact masterpieces? Right, If, if we believe and accept that we're insignificant, if that's who we really think that we are, How are we ever gonna do the amazing, important things that God said he created us and called us and empowers us to do? If we really, really believe that we are alone, right? If we really believe that that's who I am, I'm alone in this world, then how are we ever gonna find our place as what God says we are, part of something beautiful? If we really, really believe, if we really accept that who we are is defeated, if we accept that label, then how are we ever going to be what God says we really are, which is overcomers? If we're going to live the lives that Jesus came to give us, and if we're going to become the people that God's calling us to be and do the stuff that he's calling us to do, we need to know our true identity and not all these mislabels that the world and that other people have stuck on us and the best place for us to see our true identity. If we wanna know who we really are, then we look in God's word. Because who you really are is not who the world says you are. And it's not who your friends or your family say you are. It's not who social media says you are. It's not who your experiences say you are. It's not who your feelings say you are. Who you really are is who God says you are. So today we're gonna to look at two mislabels. And I think most of us struggle at least a little with at least one or the other at some time in our life. But we're gonna look at two mislabels and we're gonna, to, just to save time, we're gonna replace both of them with one true identity. Here's the first one. A lot of us see ourselves as insufficient, it literally. like not, like insufficient, right? Not enough. A lot of us see ourselves as being not good enough, not strong enough, not young enough, not old enough, not educated enough, not smart enough, not righteous enough, not pretty enough, not thin enough, right? And I'm, I'm in, that's who I am, right? I've come to know myself and this is what I know, I am insufficient, I am not Enough And like so many of these mislabels, this one comes from lots of different sources, right? For our whole lives, our experiences and people and life has been sticking these stickers on us, you know? And we've, for all these different places. So maybe, maybe insufficient is, is who people have told you that you are through their words or through their actions. Or maybe your insufficient label comes from comparisons to other people that you've known or that you've seen or that you've watched on social media. I mean, sidebar, if I was a young mom, I would not have social media, right? Because looking at all those super moms doing all those super things in their super thin little bodies, right? If I, if I, was, if I was a mom, I would never look at that because looking at all those super moms would just make me feel, by comparison, Insufficient. So a lot of us have this sticker and it says insufficient. That's who I am, man, I am not enough. And some of that has come from what people have told us. And some of that has come, I think, from comparisons to other people. And some of that has come from our past experiences. Some of that has come from, like, what life has made us feel. So maybe, uh, like as a child, maybe you felt like you weren't good enough to keep your parents together, right? Maybe you felt like you weren't lovable enough to make your parents love you well, and so you started to feel insufficient. And so you took that label and you stuck it on you and you've been wearing it ever since. Or maybe as an adult, you uh, you tried for a job or you tried for a promotion and you didn't get it. And so you said, "Oh, I guess I'm just not good enough. I guess I'm just not smart enough. I guess I'm just not, you know, educated enough. I guess I'm just I'm just not enough. I'm insufficient. Um, maybe your marriage failed, and you've been wondering if it's because you were not dedicated enough, or you were not loving enough, or you were not lovable enough. Maybe it's because you were." insufficient, or maybe it's like, maybe your finances or your career or your education hasn't gone well, and so you've struggled with feeling insufficient, right, less than, like not enough, or maybe the big one. Maybe you feel like, as a Christian, you're not doing it right, you know, you're not getting, you're not getting better fast enough, you know, like I, I keep trying not to sin, but I keep messing up. Or I keep trying to do good things, but I never do. Maybe I'm just insufficient. Maybe I'm just not enough as a Christian. And however you got there, maybe you just like heard it so much or, or felt it so strongly that you finally, you finally just accepted that insufficient is like, that's your identity. And, that's, and now you like wear it around like a, na- a name tag, you know, hello, my name is insufficient. I'm not, I'm not good enough, and that's who I am. And wherever it came from, it starts to bleed out, right, into every aspect of your life. And what we've been seeing is that when we believe these mislabels, the results can be tragic. So let me list a couple for you. If I believe, if I accept that I am insufficient, Here's a couple of the tragic results of that. One is I won't ever take on anything hard, right? I would never try anything hard because I know going in it's not gonna work, why? Because I'm insufficient. Um, Another thing, I think if I really believe and accept that I'm insufficient, every time things get hard, I'm just gonna quit. Why, because I know it's not gonna work out. I'm the problem because I'm insufficient. Uh, Every time something goes wrong, I'm gonna know it's my fault. I'm gonna know that it's all about me because I'm insufficient, so I'll blame myself for everything going on in the world around me. Here's another one. If I really accept and believe that I'm insufficient, it's really easy for me to develop like a bitterness. Like I get mad at the people that are sufficient. You know what I mean? Well, how come I don't have that gift? How come they get that life? How come they get to be talented and gifted and perfect and sufficient and I don't? Maybe you even even get mad at God Like, why did you give them all the gifts? Why didn't you give some of that to me? How come I have to be insufficient? These are are tragic results. And they all come from the same place. They all come from believing and accepting this mislabel that you're insufficient. I'll tell you a hard one. You'll never really enjoy your relationship with God because you'll always feel like unworthy, right? You'll always feel like you're not good enough. Like you always feel... Like, surely God doesn't wanna hear from me. You know, surely God doesn't really wanna be with me, and in fact, that's exactly what he wants. And then really, if you really feel insufficient, I'll just, you'll, you'll never do anything for God. You'll never do anything for the kingdom because you'll always be too scared to try because you feel insufficient. And as soon as it gets hard, you'll quit because you'll assume it's your fault because you are stuck with this tag that says, this is who I am, man, this is my identity. I'm insufficient. And people that, that wear this insufficient badge um, have a favorite Bible verse. It's John 15, 5. It's a really cool verse. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And those that remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a really beautiful verse picture it's an amazing verse about how sufficient we are and the incredible things that we can do in Christ but the insufficient people only see the part of the verse that supports their mislabel so they look at that verse and they see just the part that says you can do nothing (laughs) like that's what you got out of that verse that's like the opposite of what that verse is trying to say to us but that's what happens. If we've been if we've been wearing this thing around, right? If we've come to accept that our identity is that we're insufficient. If you, you feel like you're you feel like you're unworthy, you feel like you're not good enough for the life that Jesus is calling you to. You feel like you're never going to have a great relationship with God. You feel like you're never going to do the amazing things that God wants you to do for the kingdom. So, look, we got to we got to lose that label. We got to it's a mislabel. And the best way to lose it is by looking at your true identity. The best way to identify what is false is by looking at what's true. So we we are who God says we are. We agree with that? Okay, so, so let's look at a couple of verses in his word that talk about our sufficiency in Christ. But first, the disclaimer. If you're not in Christ, this does not apply to you. Frankly, if you're not in Christ, you are insufficient. So I'm talking now to the people that are in Christ. Let's start with Colossians 2, 9. It says, in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Let's chew on that for just a second, okay? In Jesus, in Him, in Jesus, lives all the fullness, all the completeness, all the sufficiency of God lives inside Jesus. You with me? Go like this, so I keep going. Lord knows you're not gonna say amen, so just give me a nod or something, right? (laughs) Look, look, what does it say? In Christ lives all the fullness, completeness, and sufficiency of God. You with me? Yes. Okay, So, so, like that, in the same way, right? So, in the same way, you are complete through your union with Christ. It's hard to even say amen to that, isn't it? Like that, that's, that's, that's like a big thing to, to, to accept, right? That, that through your union with Christ, all the fullness of God lives in you. you, you you're not insufficient. Through your union with Christ, this, you have all the full sufficiency of God. Is that hard to believe? Let me ask you this. Is that what it says? Yes Yes or no, man? Is that what it says? Okay, that's what it says. If God's word says it, is it true? Okay, here's another one. If you've ever felt like insufficient, if you've ever felt like, you know, I'm just not good enough, I just can't, Here it is, Philippians 4.13. You should get this tattooed on your arm. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If you feel insufficient, I'm telling you, you should get a tattoo. It's time, right? And you could get it like on your arm right here. Are you gonna be cool? Get it on your forehead, right? (laughs) But get it backwards, and that way when you look in the mirror every day, it'll say right there, I can do everything through Christ, because he gives me strength. What is Paul saying here? Paul's the one that wrote this, and he says, through Christ, he can do everything, right? He's not insufficient. Through Christ, he's saying he can do anything. He can do anything through Christ. Now, you may not be as good as Paul, and you might not be as smart as Paul, or as strong as Paul, or as righteous as Paul. But Paul admits that everything he does is not through his own goodness or righteousness or smarts or strength. It's through the Spirit of God. So it has nothing to do with how good or smart or educated or or strong he was. And it has nothing to do with how good or strong or smart or educated you are. It has to do with the Spirit that's in you. So before you answer this question, let me tell you Romans 8 tells us that if you do not have the spirit of Christ living in him, in you, if you do not have the spirit of Christ living in you, you do not belong to him at all. If you do not have the spirit of Christ living in you, you do not belong to him. So how many of you would say you do have the spirit of Christ living in you? It's everyone that belongs to him, right, Everyone that belongs to him. So here's another question, you have that spirit of Christ living in you, is that the same spirit that Paul had? Yeah, it's the same spirit that Paul had. So, if that spirit is what was enabling Paul to do everything, should you be able to do everything that Paul could do? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, can you do everything through Christ who gives you strength? I'm just asking. Yes. Is that, is that look, don't you don't know, trust me. It's right there. Is that what it says? Yes. Is that what it says? Yes. I could tell it's a brainwashing day today. I'm just gonna, uh, is that what it says? If it says it, is it true? Okay, then now we can move on, see? God's word, God's word says, if you're in Christ, then through Christ, you have the fullness of Christ in you. And you, not just Paul, you can do anything through Christ in you. So if you're in Christ, it is time to lose this mislabel of insufficient. And while we're at it, we need to lose insufficient's ugly cousin, um, self-sufficient. Ooh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, man, I don't know. Some of us, we wear this mislabel around like a badge, man. Like Like, we, we, we celebrate this one. And in our world, in our culture, like, isn't like one of the best things you, oh, he's a self-made man, right? Don't you love him already, right? Oh, she pulled herself up by her bootstraps. Don't you love her? Don't you admire her? Don't you wanna be her? Don't you wanna be that self-made person, right? That's really glorified. Like, well, come on, we're Americans, right? <laughs> Even more so, we're Texans, right? We actually know what a bootstrap is, right? So this is, like, this is a thing we like aspire to, this independence, man, I don't need anybody, I don't need anything, I'm completely self-sufficient. And I think, I mean, it's a mislabel, and I think this mislabel comes from some of the same sources as the insufficient mislabel. It comes from what people have said, Right, it comes from our life experiences. It comes from comparisons. You know, maybe, maybe people have told them their whole life how wonderful they are, you know, or maybe they've had some success at something, or maybe they just have really low standards and they think that they're <laughs> excelling and, and they're not. But somehow, these, these self-sufficient people have come to accept and believe that they are all that and a bag of chips, right? They're, they're, they don't need anyone. They don't need anything. They are totally self-sufficient. Do you know anyone like that? Do you hate them? <laughs> Jesus did. <laughs> he didn't hate them. Did, Jesus didn't hate them. He didn't hate them. But nobody bugged Jesus more than the Pharisees right and what was it about the pharisees that bugged him so much it was this 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 independence that they thought this self-sufficiency that they thought we don't even need a savior right what do we need a savior for man we're good enough right we are so good we are so righteous we are so holy we don't we don't need anybody we certainly don't need a savior why because we are totally self sufficient and i think you know, self-sufficient people, they got a favorite verse too. It's the one that the insufficient people are getting the tattoos about. It's Philippians 4.13, let's read it. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That is an amazing, powerful verse about the power of Jesus in us. But sometimes self-sufficient people forget that last part, right? And all they see is the part that says, I can do everything. Right? We've seen it, haven't you, at the gym? Right, haven't you seen it, right? Haven't you seen it when somebody's gonna run a marathon? Right, I can do everything, right? When somebody's trying to break the sales record or whatever, I, I can do everything. And it's like, that's what you got out of that verse? That's well, not at all, that's the opposite of what that verse is saying. But these people with this mislabel they think they can do everything on their own, they think they're totally independent, they think they're totally self-sufficient, they think they can do anything, anytime, without any help from anybody, and that is a mislabel. And that can lead to some really tragic results because if if who I am, if my identity, if my value is that I'm self-sufficient, right? That's what it says, I'm self-sufficient. That's who I am. That is who I am, and that's, I, I win, I can, I do, I produce. And if that's what makes me me, right, if that's what makes me valuable, if that's what makes me matter, if that's what makes people love me, if that's what makes me who I am, then when I fail to win, or I fail to do, or I fail to produce, then then that must mean I have no value and I don't matter and I'm not lovable and I'm not anybody. So these self-sufficient people have an incredible fear of failing. And this shows up in seriously some tragic ways. Um, the, wor- the worst ways are the way that it affects their walk with Jesus. So some of these like, self-sufficient people become workaholics, right? They can never rest. They, they, they've gotta keep up this image, man. They've gotta keep striving. They've gotta keep succeeding. They've gotta keep being self-sufficient. And in and, and, and following Jesus, like they, they can't enjoy the, the abundant life of, of peace and joy and fellowship that Jesus died to give them because they don't have time. Because they're, they're too busy. Keeping up appearances—they're too busy dazzling Jesus with their self-sufficiency and how awesome they are. And I'll tell you something else: sometimes these self-sufficient people um, have a tendency to lie a little bit or to to cheat because they were, they're trying to prove their, or exaggerate their self-sufficiency. And so, and they can never ask for forgiveness or help from Jesus because they don't accept that they need it. And I'll tell you, there's just a list of these. These are tragic results of feeling like you're self-sufficient. Um, some self-sufficient people never try anything new. You know why? They, they can't fail. They must not fail. So they, all they ever do is stuff that they know that they can do, and so, I don't know, maybe Jesus is calling them to do something new. Maybe Jesus is calling them to do something different, but they don't because they're so afraid of failing. They're so afraid of looking like they are anything less than completely self-sufficient. Some of them are so, it backfires, right? Because they're so set on not needing help that they can't accept help when they do need it. And so they end up doing the thing that they hate the most. They end up failing. Um, Some of these self-sufficient mislabel wearers become very judgmental of other people. Like, I'm self-sufficient, I'm doing it right, I'm doing everything, I don't need anybody, and anybody that doesn't live up to that standard in my eyes is less than me, so i become really judgy. And then here's a huge problem for Christians that have this self-sufficient mislabel. They become their own limit switch. They, they become the lid Right? God wants to do this explosive amazing thing through them and they become like the lid on it because if, I'm, if, I'm not, if I think that I can do it without God, then I would never invite God to help me. Right? Maybe God wants to do something so amazing and incredible and supernatural in me that it could only be done through his power and when I say I don't need his power because I'm self-sufficient, you see what's happening there? I'm, I'm limiting what God can do in me. I'm limiting what God can do through me. I'm, be, I'm the lid on this thing, and I, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't wanna do just what I can do on my own, right? I wanna, I wanna know what God can do through me, and that's hard if I don't think I need him because I'm so self-sufficient. And then I think maybe the most tragic result for self-sufficient people is when they do fail, it is, it's just crushing to them because they find out that they're not totally self-sufficient. And that's hard because they've convinced themselves that who they are, right, their identity, um, their value, what makes them important, what makes them matter is how self-sufficient they are. So when they fail, they really struggle with shame and with guilt, and like they're afraid of God because it's like, well, God loves me because I'm so awesome. But if I'm not that awesome, maybe He won't love me if I'm not self sufficient. And I'm going to tell you that not only breaks that person's heart, that breaks God's heart. When His children see Him as this like demanding taskmaster, you know, that only loves them for how well they perform. I was talking to a friend this week about this, and we were saying, you know, if my kids thought that I only love them because of their performance, right, or if my grandkids thought that I only love them because of their grades in school, or how well they do in sports, or how good they do on their jobs, I, I can't think of anything that would crush my heart, like my kids thinking that my love for them was dependent on their performance. I mean, what would, that, what would that say about me as a father, right? What would that say about my love for them? And I, I wonder if our heavenly father feels the same way. I mean, he's done everything to show us how much he loves us. He made a perfect way for us to come to him without shame, without fear. And I, I'm telling you, I think it crushes his heart when we buy into this lie that we're self-sufficient to the point that when we find out that we're not, we don't just doubt ourselves, but we start to doubt his love for us. So, man, if you're, if you're in Christ and you have accepted and believed this mislabel of being self-sufficient and yet you really want to experience this rich, satisfying, abundant life that Jesus has for you, and you really want to live a life that honors God, and you really want to be effective for the kingdom, you've got to lose that mislabel, and you've got to figure out your true identity. So this is two mislabels today, right? We've got people that feel like they're insufficient, and they're wearing that around, and they've accepted that that's who they are, And we've got people that feel like they're self-sufficient and that's who they are. They are wearing it around like a label. And I have two perfect illustrations of these two mislabels. And they are two really of the most awesome people on the planet. Um, It's my wife, Margaret, and me. (laughs) Because we are really awesome. Pause for amen. (laughs) We are. We are really awesome. Amen. We are really awesome examples of these two mislabels. And I classic, right? So Margaret grew up in an environment and Margaret heard words and Margaret had experiences her whole young life that led her to believe that she was insufficient. Right? She was not enough. She was not enough to make her dad do what her dad should do, right? And when she did well in school, when she overcame something hard, nobody noticed it. So she felt like she wasn't enough. And then that's like plagued her her whole life and other experiences reinforced it and she developed these feelings of inadequacy and a lack of confidence and fear and like trouble accepting love, even from God. Even from God and in some cases she didn't try things because she, good things, important things. And she didn't try those things because she felt insufficient. It's like she she believed it. She accepted it. And she just took that label of insufficient pretty early in life it was pretty sticky and then i had the opposite upbringing so my parents told me that i could do anything that i could be anything because i was so awesome right and it was wonderful thing for them to try to teach me and and man you talk about reinforcement anytime i did anything halfway good they acted like, oh, he cleaned his room. He's probably gonna cure cancer. You know, <laughs> oh, look at him. You know, he passed a class, whoo, Nobel Prize, you know. Oh, he made the junior high basketball team. Whoa, hello, Olympics, you know, just anything. He, I, and, and so that was, you know, that was awesome. And, and that was wonderful that they were trying to teach me those things. But I don't know, something, something went tragically wrong. <laughs> and I, I, I believed it too much. You know, and I became prideful, and I accepted and believed this mislabel, that I was self-sufficient. And then again, some life experiences happened, and somehow this wonderful thing they tried to teach me, like, mutated into this horrible lie that my identity and my value and the reason that I matter is my performance. And that somehow God would love me more if I could hang on to this illusion of being self-sufficient. So there you go. Me and Margaret are both jacked up. (laughs) So what I think is interesting about that though, is like it sounds like our problems are the opposite problem, right? It sounds like we're the exact complete opposite, right? Polar opposites from each other. But what's interesting is, as opposite as our problems seem to be, they actually come from the same place. Right, we've both accepted lies. We've both accepted mislabels about our sufficiency. And now God is slowly teaching us both the same solution. And if you've accepted or believed either one of these mislabels, I think maybe he wants to teach you too. Um, Both the insufficient and the self-sufficient are like overly focused on their own personal sufficiency, right? They both believe a lie that their value is tied up in how good they do, or how good they are, or how sufficient they are. And one thinks that they don't have enough to offer, they think that they're insufficient, and one has an exaggerated idea of how much they have to offer, and they think they're self-sufficient. And it's really interesting because on their own, both of them end up in the same place. Both of them end up frustrated and ashamed, exhausted and ineffective, ineffective on their own. On their own and that's, that's the key. That, that's where both of these things get out of whack is they think too much about who they are on their own. The insufficient sees like how weak he is on his own but he forgets how strong Jesus is in him. And then the self-sufficient thinks that he's so strong on his own that he doesn't need Jesus. So here's the lesson that we're learning and maybe you need it too. Margaret is not insufficient in Christ and neither are you. And I'm not self-sufficient at all and neither are you. Those are mislabels. If you're a Christian and if his spirit is in you, we are all Christ-sufficient. Christ sufficient. In Christ, we can do all things. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from Him, we, we really have nothing to offer. But in Him, we all have all of the completeness and sufficiency of God. So I, we, need to, we need to stop worrying so much about what we can't do on our own and how insufficient we are, and we need to stop striving so hard to prove that we are self-sufficient, and we need to accept and believe our true identity. We are Christ-sufficient. We can do anything He calls and empowers us to do, and we can do nothing that He doesn't call and empower us to do. When we accept our true identity in Christ, when he is in us and we're in him, then we can live the rich, satisfying, abundant life that he died to give us. And we, we can do amazing things for the kingdom. We can honor God with our lives and we can experience the, the peace and the joy and the power of living, listen to this, living not just for Jesus, but from Jesus. In Christ, we're not insufficient. And we're not self-sufficient. We are Christ-sufficient. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Jesus, we have, man, had these labels stuck on us our whole lives from our, our whatever, our parents and our coaches and teachers and relationships and the world and comparisons and social media and culture. And man, I feel like we're just covered up with these stickers. And so many of these things are mislabels. And so thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us who you say we are. And like we have faith, but we need more faith. Like we believe in you, help us believe more. Help us believe that we are who you say we are. And if we've dealt with this thing of being insufficient, will you show us that we can do all things through Christ? And if we struggle with thinking that we're self-sufficient, will you remind us that apart from you, we can't do anything? And whichever struggle we've had, God, will you just remind us that we're not insufficient, we're not self-sufficient, we are Christ-sufficient. We can do anything you call us to do, we can do anything you empower us to do, but we can't do anything that you don't call us and empower us to do. God, give us the boldness of living a life, not just for you, not just to impress you, not to dazzle you, not to earn your love for us, but instead help us to live a life out of, like with you as our source of power and love and joy and peace and everything we would do, we would do out of the incredible fullness of God that lives in Jesus and that lives in us. In his name, amen. Okay, before you go today, it is Mother's Day, so we got a special gift for you on the way out. For all the ladies, we have a mamosa. It's not alcoholic. Don't save your emails. Right through the door, grab yourself a mamosa. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great week.